0: We're looking at a glimpse of eternity. Um, I got t- probably got two more, two more after today. Um, so I know some said that they're gonna they're gonna finish uh, if they're gonna start teaching. We'll have some new people in as right at the end. But so it goes as as uh, you know our our seasons come and go. So as we kind of think about um, you know what we're gonna talk about today, uh, I had like several questions that kind of. Kind of came to mind. But uh, maybe I want you to think about uh, a place maybe that you've been. So I want you to think about the venue specifically. So it could be uh, like a hotel or a stadium or a church or some other building uh, that a feature of it was inspiring in some way. I use that word inspiring, but it really is just something that maybe you're like, that's pretty cool. Um, is that inspiring? I don't know. So it doesn't have to be too grand. But in any case, what do you think of all, all your world travelers? Um, if you've been to the greatest ball of yarn in North Dakota, I don't know where, you know, I'm sure there is one somewhere. Um, so just take a moment, think, uh, think about that idea for a second, and then.
1: Yeah, I say right away, you the like a Gaylord Opryland
0: Hotel. To- I have not been there, so. I stayed there
1: once, but you don't have to stay there. You just go there and walk around. we just been a day walking around. It's, it's very pretty.
0: Yeah. What was it about it? It's the garden. And the whole it's a giant atrium, it's this giant set of gardens
1: right in the middle, and then the rooms are all around the outside. There's balconies, indoor balconies, the gardens, and the waterfalls, beautiful, especially at Christmas time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, I mean, a lot of you seem to know this place. <laughs> That I don't. So, all right. What else?
1: And then just go hang out there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. There was, there was a in San Francisco. There was a big hotel around Christmas, and they had a huge uh, tree, you know. And so you, everybody kind of like walked in and. Not staying here. Couldn't afford this place. And then, then walked out. So, all right, what else? Any other places you've been? Things you've seen?
1: In college, I went to... City at
0: Rockefeller Center is pretty. It's a big tree, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a big tree, isn't it? Yes. It's so got the angels that kind of line it as you towards the scene. <coughs> Home Alone is that exact? The angels? See, yeah.
1: You mentioned the La Sagrada in Barcelona. Mm. Yeah. If you ever go to Barcelona, it's incredible. They call it the Gospel in Stone. They're still building it. They started construction in the late 1800s, and it's incredible. Sounds like it sounds like a government job. <laughs> <laughs> The Washington D.C. like the Capitol building, it's amazing. Just thinking about how they built it, then, you know, before we had the way that we build things now. Just the beauty that they put into our capital. Yeah. The rotunda
0: and all the stone, and yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those places kind of around, and so um, so we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, buildings today. Um, Stones. So, any geology buffs? It's probably good because I'm not. But uh, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But even just kind of if you think about the way things are built. So, I taught a whole class on architecture from a structural standpoint. So, I'm sure, you know, you can get Alan's expertise on this. But you know, one of the big things is about the way things look, right? There's that idea of form and function, uh, which you've probably heard of, like the way. What you want the image to convey, and then the the um, function about how it's going to be used. But there's also a, uh, something else that goes along with it: is that you need the structure itself to be able to hold up. And so that actually, like, informs also can impact um, how you're able to communicate those things. Uh, so anyway, don't want to get into that. But some of the some of the buildings that we kind of talk about. Um, there's kind of major, kind of some major buildings um, around, and they all kind of like have a different, uh, different thing that they're communicating. Kind of picked up a whole host of, of different structures as well. So this is the one that you're talking about, right, Tom? Um, and I'll, I won't geek out too much on that one, but it's pretty interesting how they how they built it. But I'll only give like a, a quick a quick minute. Um, turn the recording off. So well, there's a lot, of, a lot of kind of like modern buildings. Uh, this one was, you know, for the Olympics. Um, when was the Olympics in Beijing? Was that 2008, I believe? So it's, you know. And so there's, there's been a lot more like in this India and, and even the Middle East uh, having kind of like round structures and, and what they're trying to convey. And then even, even how it reflects off of the, the image um, in the water right there. But, again, what are they trying to communicate in what they're housing? So this is kind of, again, an Olympic building uh, where they ha- house some different sporting events. Um, the Burj Khalifa is the tallest building uh, in the world. And so I think it's around 2,300 uh, feet, which is pretty, pretty big, almost twice that of um, the Will's Tower in Chicago. Uh, and then, yeah, so how do you pronounce this one, Tom? La Sagrada, okay. So I wasn't I wasn't sure if that's how you how you pronounce it or not.
1: The architect passed away I think in nineteen twenty six, the guy that started it and he did the design and everything. And it got turned over another one and now I think they're on their
0: third major one or fourth. But they're still working from his original plan. It's really
1: amazing.
0: Yeah, I don't know if does that zoom in? It does zoom in, but I don't know if I can. Um so Interestingly, because they have these like spires here, and I don't know, do they have the model somewhere in there of his original? So if you hold, if you, okay, so if you hold a string, it has a natural curve. It's called a, it looks like a parabola for those of you math nerds, was actually actually called specifically a, a catenary. And so he had held like different weights on these strings upside down and then built it right side up. So it's almost the inverse of how a how it would naturally lay <laughs> of the structural load. One thing they didn't account for though, what, what, well there's several things of why it's taken so long, but one of the major reasons, what was it what's you know one of the major reasons why it's taken so long? Well, there, I know
1: there was an interruption uh, I, I mean,
0: obviously he passed away. Yeah, so there was that issue. So was that, and, was the designer, and then I think the models I'm not if I remember. I think during the Spanish
1: Civil War, some of the stuff was lost. And but he had some original drawings and stuff. So there's a number of things. But I, you're probably onto something that. I, I'm
0: not Well, and they, they had to stop because of uh, structural reasons as well. There was earthquakes that uh, they didn't take into account. You know, everything was kind of naturally, like, under its natural load, it can support it. But you had some other things. So they've had to actually go back and support it, you know, um, for some of those, those reasons as well. And you have one that, you know, most people are familiar with. You know, you have the Sphinx and also the Pyramid. And the Pyramid, does anyone know what the original, like, what it would have looked like? Structurally, it looks similar, but visually. Yeah, covered in limestone, which would have... Yeah, so it would have reflected, right, the sun, kind of that, that idea. So we don't get that for what is left. We have the structure that's left, and there's a whole bunch of things you can, you can kind of geek out on that. So if you think of, like, so all these different buildings have different uses, have different functions, have different... Uh, ways that they're being built, and, you know, what are they trying to communicate, if they're trying to communicate anything at all? Well, we could take a whole course and talk about that, but we won't. But it's kind of something that's interesting to think about when you think about, um, I would say, more modern buildings, not that the, the, the pyramids are modern at, by any stretch, but I guess buildings that are still around even in, in modern day. Um, so when we look at, let's, let's go into uh, Revelation 21. Because we're going to look at um, more of the structure of this city of the new Jerusalem. And that's where we kind of ended last time uh, in our glimpse of eternity, right? We saw John having a picture of the new heavens and the new earth. um, And in the new heavens and the new earth, uh, we've got this picture of security and even this picture of comfort where um, God himself will be there to care for us. Uh, and, we, and then we saw an image of this majestically beautiful New Jerusalem where just for a moment we saw you know at the beginning of, of chapter 21 as as John is describing it as a place where those who have chosen to live by their own desires and he got, kind of had a whole list of different um, uh, sins I guess you could you could call them um, as what will keep people from this, this new Jerusalem, this city. And so he pauses there as he kind of interrupts like this beauty and this place of, again, where God will wipe away the tears and the throne will be there and those that will be left out. And we started to get kind of an understanding of what this was looking like. And so uh, let's reread some of the verses that we finished up with last time. So starting in verse 9. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb." So we looked at this kind of last time and we saw this, you know, the bright brilliance of the city kind of from the outside. And the the names of the tribes of Israel are, are shared along with the names of the 12 apostles. Again, some would think that, you know, their names individually might be named or it's possibly all of their names are named on the gates. Um... You know, so instead of one gate having one name, where it's actually shown like that in different places of Scripture, maybe it's all of them. It's not quite sure what that looks like, but in any case, no matter what gate you go through, you've got kind of a, an understanding of right the the past. I mean, at this point, everything is the past, <laughs> even for us. Right, the apostles are the past for us. But you see, like how God is revealing Himself through kind of major milestones within His plan of salvation and so for Israel and the the 12 tribes that was important kind of over the gates that lead into the city for the 12 apostles it's the uh, foundation stones but who's over each of the gates or 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 you know by each of the gates yeah angels and so you kind of have like this idea right that the angels are there I mean angels for us are never seen only a Where maybe would you get a visual representation of angels? That was actually physically made. I married one. You married one. Oh. <laughs> we'll say a little louder so it's uh, you know, recorded for the future. <laughs> so, <laughs> very nice, John. Very nice. Uh, so, uh, in Scripture, um, where where might you find the temple yeah so you've got you know again the cherubim you'd have visual representations like even in know solomon's temple you'd have that but now we've got actual angels and so you've you've got not only like what was spoken about but really never seen but maybe pointed to um, now, visually, they're a part of what John sees, and as that inscription. And again, you know, what what is their role? Um, is it like the guards at Buckingham Palace? They just stand there. You know, I, I don't think so. But anyway, um, just kind of things that like bring to light as as you start thinking a little bit more. Like, hmm, I never thought about that. Um, and so, right, they're all reminders of the purposes that God has made manifest throughout all of Scripture. And so we talked about some of that last week, and now we get to verse 15, and we'll start kind of going a little bit more in detail, thinking about this a little bit more deeply. So verse 15 says, and the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls, and the city lies four square, its length the same as its width, and he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper while the city was pure gold like clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase the 11th jacinth and the 12th amethyst that's a lot right so in verse 15 we see that the one who spoke with me again referring to the angel that was referred to earlier um those angels had previously given message of woe and suffering um so you could read in revelation 15 and 16 more of this um trying to think how I want to do that so I'm going, to, I'm going to pause got an issue if I've got if I go to uh, let's do that you going to work with me here people okay sorry for some reason if I go on my iPad I lose my notes and I'll have to work. so if we go to Revelation 15 just so I can show you and then I got some of these other verses back um so John is again seeing seeing a sign of heaven. There's seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last for them with the wrath of God is finished. He saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire. So we have a sea, you know, but this is this is before the new heavens and the new earth, right? Um those who conquer the beast in its image and the number of its name standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands, and they sing the song of Moses. So we've got a sea of glass that is described um, in kind of this heavenly vision. And the people are, are talking about, you know, uh, you know, your your name is holy and your righteous acts have been revealed through the these judgments, right? And so John looks at the the sanctuary and he sees the glory of God. And then he hears a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, go and pour pour out of the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. First angel went and poured out of his bowl on earth, harmful and painful sores among the people. The second bowl uh, into the sea and it became like blood of a corpse. The third uh, was the rivers and springs of water. They became blood. And so you've got kind of all of these woes that are happening until you get, again, the rise of the great prostitute. Um, and then you've got the destruction of Babylon. And so we kind of talked about that last week. But I wanted to kind of po- point out uh, to you oops, um, what some of these descriptions were uh, on the... Um, of the angel and the 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 wrath that they had brought, and right now you've got one of these angels who are, again, what does that term angel mean? Yeah, so the term the term angel can be can be, uh, which in Hebrew is Malachi, which interesting is, you know that the. The author that wrote the book, Malachi, was the, the messenger uh, for God as one of the prophets. And so you've got this, this, the angel as a messenger, either bringing God's message of wrath, and now you've got an angel bringing you know, this message of hope and salvation about what the future looks like. And we'll, we'll talk about, again, the why behind that in, uh, in just a second. So the angel, what does the angel have in his hand? What does it say there in scripture? A measuring rod. Okay. A measuring rod. A measuring rod is made of what? Gold. Gold. Okay. And so what's the measuring rod doing? What's, what's he using it for? Okay. So the measure, the city, the gate, and the walls. So just kind of know that as, as the what. So there's kind of a link um, back to Ezekiel. We looked at Ezekiel and a little bit about like the temple and what that might look like. And this is, you know, again, to some as what um, would be for those that would see a millennium, right? That there will be a temple that is described that um, was given to Ezekiel. And so in the first few verses, right, we see in the sixth year, in the sixth month, on the fifth day of the month, I sat in my house. Actually, hold on a second. We'll get to that one. Um, so in this one is in the 25th year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the 10th of day of the month, in the 14th year after the city was struck down. On that very day, so 14 years after the destruction of Jerusalem, the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me to the city. In visions of God, he brought me to the land of Israel and set me down on a very high mountain, pretty similar to what we see in Revelation, on which was a structure like a city to the south. And when he brought me... Uh, there, behold, there was a man whose appearance was like bronze with a linen cord and a measuring reed in his hand. And he was standing in the gateway, and the man said to me, Son of man, look with your eyes and hear with your ears and set your heart upon all that I shall show you, for you are brought here in order that I might show it to you. Declare all that you see to the house of Israel. So John has a similar vision, but instead of a reed in the, the hand of this, this this person of bronze, We've got this gold, rod of gold. So you have kind of like a similarity, but even in elevation. Can't remember if I put this verse. Now, earlier on, um, this kind of parallels what happened earlier in Ezekiel in chapter 8, which was pretty similar, but um, uh, the hand of the Lord of God fell upon me there. Then I looked, and behold, a form that had the appearance of a man, Below what appeared to be his waist was fire, and above his waist was something like the appearance of brightness, like gleaming metal. This is a pretty similar vision to what he had in chapter 1 about angels. He put out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my head, and the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the entrance of the gateway of the inner court that faces north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provokes to jealousy." And behold, the glory of God of Israel was there, like the vision that I saw in the valley. Then he said to me, Son of man, lift up your eyes toward the north. So I lifted my eyes towards the north. And behold, north of the altar gate and the entrance was this image of jealousy. And he he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing? These great abominations that the house of Israel committing here to drive me far from my sanctuary but you will see still greater abominations and that's what over the next couple of chapters is a vision of these abominations this is why the judgment would occur and the glory of God which i referred to last year what, like he saw the glory of God slowly like departing from israel specifically departing from jerusalem so in ezekiel he's got kind of a parallel vision after the destruction of Jer- jerusalem this is again before And once Jerusalem has been destroyed, I'm going to give you a vision of what this, you know, basically a restored, you know, temple is going to look like. And that's where all he goes through is what the temple will look like over, I think, eight chapters um, of all the details in what that will be. Now, John has a vision, but this vision is different. If you looked at the, the, the numbers in Ezekiel, the, it's a much smaller temple, and there's other things that are part of this, um, this city that he sees that um, are not in Ezekiel's vision, but very similar. And again, John, in several places, I mean, I think the key to knowing John, I would say if I were to teach a class on the books of John, like Ezekiel is very key. To understanding, or just even the things that he shares, um, uh, you see a lot of that coming through. Um, So we'll get to that verse in in just a second. So, um, So why do you think why do you think this measuring will occur? Like what's the purpose of saying here's a here's a reed, or even now like a golden rod? Go out and measure it, and give me back. You know, report what you see. You're just establishing
1: standard.
0: Okay. So, establishing a standard. Um, what do you have? Anything else to add to that? Or okay. Not idea. Okay, a reflection of God's goodness. Yeah. In what way? Our eternal reward. Okay. Meaning like getting some of the details is is helping with that?
1: Well, if you consider the base is 1,380 miles uh, by 1,380 miles and
0: the width of the foundation uh, is... <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> not not the the crystal cathedral that was south of there no so somewhat similar but um yeah so so if it was just images right you have a picture in your mind but then sometimes when you see it you're like that is bigger than i thought you know like there is is. when I say you know the burj khalif is whatever 2000 180 or 3 300 feet, you're like, how high is that? And I, we'll have a picture that I didn't take, but we went to Chicago for, uh, you yeah, know, that was our spring break um, that we thought would be fun. Uh, but we went to the Hancock Tower, which I think is like 1,100 feet. And so it's not until, like, you stand there, you're like, it's pretty big. And then you get in, and then you see, like, the view from that standpoint, and that just pales pales in comparison. You also have, if you had kind of a rough sketch, right, of – Hey, this is like the house. Have you guys been a part of building your own home? So never again. (laughs) What's that? Never never again. So, So you have right, you have maybe a design, but once you put dimensions to it, it becomes like one step closer to reality, right? This is this is like what it looks like. I mean anyone can probably scribble things out, but then when you dimension something out, right, then you start to understand where things are and it's pretty interesting you know when I have students kind of draw things out even when they they make a model of something and they have to like say 3d print it or create it um, they'll print it out and it might be like on their screen is like this big on their computer screen (laughs) and then when they print it they're like it's like this big (laughs) and it was like did you think it was going to be that big they're like I thought it was going to be bigger you know but they didn't know, they just, dimensions, they just didn't think about. They just designed it. So when you have dimensions, you start to get scale and scope and understanding of those things. And it shows kind of um, what God is planning to do. Plus, you start to see some of the numbers that are involved. And something starts to like, you know, turn in your mind about what this, uh, what this is that we are being uh, shown here. So we see the shape of the city. What, what is the shape of the city? Square. Okay. So it's a square. More specifically, we see the length and the width and the height are all equal. Um, is a cube. And so, uh, interesting, there's um, some kind of uh, um, connections with the, I think this one is the, um, what did I just step on? Sorry. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Something stuck to my shoe, so it is. Uh, and behold, there was a, a wall all around the outside of the temple, and the length of the measuring reed in the man's hand was six cubits long, each being a cubit and a handbreadth in length. So he measured the thickness of the wall, one reed, and the height, one reed. Um, so we've got, uh, again, like the dimensions of the wall is a different scale than what we're going to see in, um, uh, in, in Scripture. Um, but one of the things that we'll, we'll see is, <clears throat> and I guess I'll get to it later, is the connection between the, um, the city and some other um, identification. In Ezekiel 40, 41.4, he measured the length of the room. So after he's given this measuring rod. It's 20 cubits and the breadth, 20 cubits across the nave. And he said to me, this is the most holy place. So 20 cubits by 20 cubits, much smaller in scale, like a large room, not, you know, a whole city. But again, this is just part of the city that he is describing. But the cube idea, the essence is what we see also more specifically given in 1 Kings six nineteen which was in Solomon's temple, the inner sanctuary he prepared in the innermost part of the house to set there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. The inner sanctuary was 20 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 20 cubits high. So something the city is kind of paralleled after this idea of the most holy place, right? Now this city is the most holy place, this idea where everything else in dimensions of um, the height of things, it might've been long or wide, but to get the scale of height, could not be done except for the most holy place. Now, the most holy place is kind of extrapolated out and given to us as the size of the city. And so the size of the city, though, that John describes is in a dimension that we're not familiar with. But what's the dimension that is given? Okay. And how many stadia? 12,000. 12,000 stadia. Okay, so what number have you seen, kind of keep popping up in different forms? Yeah, so these guys this idea of twelve, right? We've seen twelve gates of the twelve tribes of Israel with the twelve apostles and the twelve angels, and now we have like even within the dimensions we see twelve thousand stadia. So this was a Roman measurement; it was one eighth of a Roman mile. And we, we have very bizarre, like, even all the things that we do, it's like, right, an inch is one twelfth of a foot. And you're like, why do we have that? But there is some parallels on on measurements and some other things that we see. Uh, but it comes out to be, and it really depends on somebody's measurement, because there's different, uh, there was, like, the Roman stadia and the Greek stadia and the Roman foot and the Greek foot. And so sometimes you have, like, measurements that are slightly off, so, what's your footnote say if you have it in your Bible? John mentioned what his said. What do you what do you guys see? Mine says fifteen hundred miles. Okay, so some say fifteen hundred miles, and some say thirteen eighty. Okay, so and that just depends on well, whose foot are you talking about, right? And so, what standard measurement? Was it was a Greek or Roman, or you know, because they're just slightly different. Because feet back there were, you know, feet, but they did kind of like try to. And then everything else, like a yard, was more of a pace. And so they tried to do paces, but that's where they're, they're getting it from. So 5,000 Roman feet was a Roman mile, and one-eighth of a Roman mile was a stadia. So 12,000 of those stadia is anywhere between 1,380 and 1,500 miles, unless they were, we're getting it wrong. So anyway, I know that's a little... So how far is that? So I was trying to, like, do, you know... Uh, different places. Like you could get to the border of Canada before you got to this. Uh, so it would be about here to Denver, Colorado. Anyone driven to Denver? So if you're driven to Denver, it's a long ride. Um, and so that's the distance, right, for um, for the, the base of the wall, right, in the length and the width. But even the height, which is pretty amazing. And I had to kind of look that up. So 1,380 miles. Does anyone know what near space is? Like when you get outside and you're like technically in space. You start to see the curvature of the earth. So you're not like out seeing the, the earth, but you start to kind of like, you're in black, a little bit of blackness. Does anyone know how many, how many miles that is? 90, so, yeah, I don't know what that conversion is. But it's 60 miles. So, 60 miles. So this is 1,000 miles up, right? But that's also like with Earth, and we're actually on the outside of Earth, right? You know, we're, we have, uh, anyway. So, so to get up to space actually doesn't take too long to get up there. But that's kind of an interesting thought, you know, when you start kind of thinking about it. So if you got 1,500 miles, that's what it would look like. In the United States, like, that's just the city itself, right? And it appears, though, that everybody's going to be living in this city, And so, do you go outside the city? Are there things that you do outside the city? There is an entrance, but do people need to go? And so, things that, like, not quite sure. This is kind of going to be the bulk of, like, where all of humanity lives. Not on the U.S., right? So, all this will be redone. Sorry, America. America, no more. It is, right? You know, so, where would you live in the city, probably, you know? Yeah, so... uh... Would it be a dried up sea, though? So, I mean, maybe not. So, anyway, so that's what the scale is, and uh, kind of interesting if you think like you know what it looked like, just a cube on top of um, on top of the Earth of fifteen hundred miles. So, again, not the whole size of the Earth, but enough to um, to inhabit all of the believers of all time. And again, what that's going to look like? Some think that that might be a it might be a pyramid, but there's no real reason to think that but at least the dimensions cuz you know again this is assuming the height is on each corner but it could be height in the middle but no reason to necessarily assume that in any case it just gives us of all time. what all believers of all time all believers of all time
1: now what's going on why do you need why does it
0: need to be so high are there, like high rises or well if you said all believers of all time could they fit on just like one story right that's right so is there, like level or like I mean, that's what. Yeah, I don't know. So those are like. I mean, John doesn't give those descriptions, right? All the things that we want to think about, and all the things that we want to like go towards. But I would imagine, right? There's got to be some levels, and but what does it look like?
1: Flyers, downstairs. not flyers.
0: Exactly. I mean, you know. Wings, no wings.
1: <laughs> One of the things that um, when I went to Israel was we were passing by some of the um, uh, settlements out where that families. Are on the bottom floor, and as their children get married, they don't necessarily move off someplace. But they build on, and they build another home, and so they continue to stack up. And so it, it could be an allusion to that. Um, the guide said that when the the grandparents pass away, then everybody moves. They don't. They don't. They don't go down. They they move and they start. might
0: make an allusion to that of just being behind you. And and that's a question, you know, when John sees this this vision, right, after the new heavens and the new earth, like, there's always, like, well, where are we, like, during that time? Like, are we, like, outside and we're watching it go to, and we all walk inside? Or is it, like, we're just inside the city and we're, I don't know, so... (laughs) I, you know, things that like, does it matter? You know, but, uh, you know, you start thinking about the details. It's like, it's like, I feel like a kid on a, you know, on a road trip sometimes and they ask all these questions. You're like, just, just wait, you know, like <laughs> some of the questions you're asking about, like, what, what are we going to eat there? You're like, we're going to like Disney world. I, you know, what is that? <laughs> we'll eat something. What? I know, but I think that's a, that's a good thing, right? So it's a good thing to get us starting to think in those lines because, and we'll, we'll, we'll finish off on, on that thought. So we're not there quite yet. So description of the wall is 144 cubits. Um, and there's a description that 144 cubits is, uh, well, it's one and a half feet. You might have a footnote there as well, which is 216 feet high, um, or 216 feet thick. So it's just a dimension given. Is it a height of the wall? But 216 feet is 20 stories compared to like 1300 miles. Like it's just even it's like 5% of a mile is 216 feet, and you've got 1,380 miles. You just have like a small fraction. So it's probably not high, but it could be thick, and would that even support a building? But again, does physics work the same way in this world that we have? Probably not. So so the idea then, again, is this for security? No. I mean, it doesn't go all the way up. It just goes a little tiny bit, but, you know. But it's not, again, security because what is – we're having security from – and we already talked about that a little bit. So again, you have this idea of symbolism. Because 144, for you math whizzes, is, is, how does that deal with the number that we've talked about. 12 by 12. 12 by 12, yeah. So this idea of 12 squared is, you know, even the dimension of the wall. And does that have anything to do with, you know, the 12 apostles and the 12 tribes and all of these things. So, anyway... There's also this description of an angel's measurement. And so you could ask the question, well, why do angels have different measurements? Well, I don't know. So far we've seen, like, Americans have different measurements. And pretty much the rest of the world, we didn't even get into the scientific you know, scientific uh, um, SI, or metric system. So, which we have here. But even going back to the Romans, they had a different measurement. 5,000 feet was a Roman mile. And ours is whatever. I don't remember what ours is. 5,000 feet. 180, yeah, so something like that. Uh, So that's different. Shouldn't angels have a different measurement? So anyway, but that's a description of what that looks like. Um, Oddly enough, anyway, well, I'll just say it, because does anyone know what 216 is? It's a cube of what? What number? Six times six times six, which I've always thought is a weird six, 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 but It doesn't. So don't get anything into that. But in any case, it's something like uh, when you think about, you know, numbers, even that. Right. Is maybe is there a redemption of even what that looks like for mankind? I don't know. Don't think too deeply on that. It's just numbers. But the 12 is is clearly there and what that. And then we have a whole bunch of building materials that are described as well. So like big picture, what do you get from the building materials as described yeah, so, so not your average building material that you see on earth or if they are on earth or the things that are rare and the things that are coveted and the things that are precious. But even in the new heavens, the new earth, specifically in the new Jerusalem in the city, right, that you've got these ideas. So you see the first one is uh, a jasper, um, which is kind of an interesting uh, stone. There's like all of these are different types of jasper. Jasper isn't clear. So some might look at this and say, actually, well, this one is supposedly a clear jasper. Um, and so geologists might be like, that's definitely not Jasper, but I found it on the internet, so maybe it's true or not. But some would look into that and say it's mostly opaque and not clear, but there are some different crystals or what was considered Jasper. But again, this is probably what John understands as Jasper. Um, I tried to look up like, how, you know, were diamonds known at that time? Um and so some think this is kind of diamond but r- regardless the idea is that when these stones are polished like they have this kind of uh, ornateness to it and so even though it's described as glass because we have something similar right for gold as well that this gold is like glass the sea that was described earlier that I showed those verses were a sea like glass when you see a sea like glass what do you typically think of <laughs> if if yeah and I was to say so no movement on the surface Yeah Yeah exactly so for your skiers out there it's like, it's like glass so is that the butter is that where you're going <laughs> So so there is kind of almost this reflective quality although there is like it's, it's described as clear but if you go outside and the sun is pointing at your windshield even though it's clear what do you see All right you see like a reflection of that and so it is kind of a reflection, but it's also reflects off of, but also through when something is clear, now, gold specifically is a dense material and it can't be seen through um, unless you have really thin gold leafing, but that's not kind of what, what we see here. And so, uh, so this idea again, what is it doing? It's there to reflect the glory of of God. So this, this reflect off of and radiate through, it's almost like you think of, of a crystal, you know, and, in, in seen to like use to energize or, you know, radiate out some sort of source. And so that's what we see here. And then there's 12 jewels that are described. Um, and so again, 12 jewels, one for each, but, and we're not done with the number 12 yet, but at least for, for now, we are, uh, for the most part. But we see different verses that kind of describe, in Exodus, there is um, the uh, the breastplate was a square and doubled a span its length and a span its breadth. So the, the ephod that was worn was a square that was embossed with different jewels. And I think eight of the 12 are the same. So there's almost kind of like this... Um, holy aspect that is kind of like, you know, harkened back to that, again, John looks at and talks about. Interestingly, also, in Ezekiel, so there's Ezekiel again, um, this is one of those verses that are often attributed to Satan. We don't have to talk about that specifically right now, but the king of Tyre is what this prophecy is to. And it says to him, thus says the Lord God, you are a signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You are in Eden. So is this the is this the king of Tyre during this time? Probably not. So some would say that this is the power behind the king of Tyre, which is Satan. Because you were in Eden, the Garden of God, every precious stone was your covering: sardius, topaz, diamond, barrel, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, and crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. There's just kind of some, again, parallelism with even what things look like in Eden. Although a lot of those stones aren't the same, more of the stones are the same on the, on the ephod. But we have kind of like what this description was back in, in Eden. And so these stones are the foundation. So what they look like. And some, some would say that maybe there are stones that are around um, at each different gate, a foundation stone, or is it 12 different foundation stones built on top of one another? So kind of different thoughts. But again, you have all these like different colors. And again, this ornateness uh, to what is being built. What's the reason behind it? Just say that God thinks this is, <laughs> this is something like that will be... Um, you know, something to behold, something that of beauty. And again, if you're going to build what you're going to build and money's no object, then you build it how you want it. And so John is just again, describing the things about this city. So let's keep going on verse 21. And it says in the 12 gates were 12 pearls and each of the gates made of a single pearl and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass and I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of the God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. And by its light the will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Okay, so we've got a description of the gates. What are the gates made of? Pearl. Pearl. Oops. Yeah, and I think he's, yeah, so does the gate go all the way up or is the gate, you know, so I couldn't quite see that, but that's what, that's what the, his commentary says. But, um, so yeah, if the gate was, you know, typical of many gates, which were high enough, which usually encapsulated most of the the wall height, but that was just to allow things to come in. But in any case, is it that high? Who knows? Now there's different pearl, but you probably like think, and I don't know why they got cut off, but you know, one of the kind of more of the whiter is it more of the pearlescence, you know, type. But in any case, You know, pearls were, again, another precious stone. But this is clearly where the people, you know, get that term, the pearly gates, right? When you stand before the pearly gates, um, will you be let in? Well, by that time, everybody's already gone through judgment. So if you're standing before pearly gates, you're in. So, um, and then what about the streets? Uh, The streets of gold. Yeah, and so this is kind of maybe an artist rendition. There's all these, you know, foundation stones, and, and who knows. So is it a big pearl gate that's just solid? Uh, I tried to find another image where one is like an uh, entrance is cut into a pearl, which kind of like it was a cool thought, but it, for some reason it wouldn't show. You've got the streets of gold. Again, what does that indicate? Yeah, so you've got, well, it's pure gold. And so for for most people, gold, even today, gold is what? Security. S- security, yeah. So a sense of, uh, you know, um, economics, right? And so uh, what, what we have, um, but now it's what the streets are made of. So while visually it's impressive and precious, but that's just what people walk on, right? And so, you know, at that time it's just, what it is. So as you, as you, as you enter the city or, you know, you kind of look up at this massive structure. This is the Hancock tower. It's a thousand feet up. So if you're standing at the the ground and you're like looking a thousand feet up in the picture, you're like, well, I can see the top. But when you're standing there, you're like, I think I see the top, but there's only a certain height that you can look up. Does anyone know how far, I mean, there's all the things like I started like geeking out on how far can somebody see into the horizon? So, I don't know, I've read three miles, but we'll go, we'll say seven. We'll go, we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll go with yours. So, seven miles. So, even if you looked up, could you see the top of this, 1,380 miles or 1,500 miles? Like, you wouldn't even see it. Except we'll have glorified eyes, so maybe we, we can see the top. So, who knows, you know? But you just think, again, the scale, right, of what you walking, you know, if you walked up to the city. And, again, I, you say that as, like, walking up, but I don't, it seems like most people are inhabited there, but again, we'll, we'll maybe discuss that a little bit next time. But as you, if you were to walk from the outside, you walk up the just scale of this massive building with 200 feet up, so that's 20 stories of this building. You would see these either one massive foundation stone of a jewel at each gate, or you would see on top of each other different ju- you know jewels that are stacked up on top of each other with a huge pearl gate uh, with an angel nearby. With, you know, the inscription of um, the apostles, the inscription of the 12 tribes. And you walk inside and you see, you know, again, things are radiating out. and You see the glory of God and you see like the streets of gold. And, and, you know, I think you'd be blinded unless you, if you didn't have glorified eyes. Of all all the things, you definitely would if you saw the glory of God. And so this again, again, points to, again, what God is kind of like sharing and showing in a glimpse of just like what it will be like. And there's a whole lot of other questions that we we start to have about what this thing is. We'll talk about the symbolism of 12 next week. Um, there is something that it says that is not in there, which we'll go into a little bit more. What is not in there that's described? Okay, but before that, there's no temple, right? Because why is there no temple? Yeah, God is you know, there is no need for the temple. So in Ezekiel's vision, the temple was like the main focal point in the Holy of Holies. But now the whole city is basically the temple of God. And so we'll talk about that, you know, at least touch on that a little bit. There's also, as mentioned, there's no sun or moon and there's no sun or moon. Um, you know, what was the purposes of sun and moon well, it was to divide the day and the night and the evening. And we even see that it gives us seasons. And so the passing of time, and so is there no time? We also have like a time for us when it gets dark. What do we do? And what do a lot of animals do? Yeah, we go to go to sleep. So, will there be no sleep at this time? I don't know. Um, questions: Do we need sleep? So, things that you just start to kind of ponder on and think about. Um, in Zechariah fourteen seven, is uh, he writes, "There shall be a." A unique day which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night, but at evening time there shall be light. And so John, again, clearly shares that in his vision of what is going on. And then you also have a description of nations and kings, and the glory and their honor will be brought there. But we can touch upon that next week. So, so far we've kind of seen the outside of the city. We've touched on a little bit of the purpose, which we'll go a little bit more on, as then we start to get into chapter 22, um, and then we start to peek on, like, beyond these streets of gold, what else is inside this city, and that's kind of, like, the heart of where we're going to go next week. So, we'll pause there until we get to those things. Are there any questions on the things that we've looked at so far? or any comments you guys like to make.
1: It seems as if, if this is literal, which I know that's the way you're teaching it, I mean, the law of the physics doesn't have to be greatly modified, is, of course, God can
0: do that, or he's got it. Uh, right. right. I'm thinking as a builder, like, right? there's no structural material
1: that's going to be you few miles. The goal is certainly, the goal is not even structural, so, I mean, you're <laughs> you're not getting a vote about it thirty feet cold and it's falling down. Right, <laughs> right. So obviously God can do whatever he wants. So if it, 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 it's all meant to be taken explicitly literally, then I mean, you are looking at a
0: drastically changed physical world that yeah, exactly. operates much
1: differently than the physical world we, that God initially created.
0: Right, right.
1: it be an God. Sure. No no that I mean that's that's clear. But is 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 now we believe that physics are going to be Like, it's not, I've always thought of a bit of a restoration towards his original creation,
0: but obviously, it's more than that. And then, you know, they, it gives it a world we even recognize with physics. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Even the things that John describes are, he's using language, at least what he can describe um, with what he's talking about. But even if you think about like modern building techniques, like, they have evolved greatly beyond, like, what John would have been used to at that time. And so what will things look like? And, again, will things be stacked on top of each other? How do we move around? Is that, you know, how – like, what if you go to a different planet, right, you are in a different gravitational field. So you can jump higher or not as high just based on that, which is physics, but it's, you know – so it's all of those things, right? So – Yeah, do they have weight to them? Or are things just stacked on top of each other? And so, anyways, but yeah, I mean, all the things, yeah, as a builder, right, that you have to deal with because of the curse, you know, but is it back to the garden? But it's it's, no, it's beyond the garden. So the garden just, again, gave us a glimpse of what the earth could be like without sin. This is without sin and, you know, with us now being glorified. And so a paradise that is beyond even you know, what we can think or imagine. And all of this, again, is like a lot of those questions are, you know, we'll find out at that time. So, yeah. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to pause it there.